You're listening to the Geriatric Mamas Podcast with Jessica Raziri and Sonia Tapley. Can you hear me? Oh, I yeah, can no, now. I can hear you. Okay. I must have hit you somehow. My goodness. <laughs> talk about technical difficulties. <laughs> I was worried about me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's us. I know we started off with you and then we come in. And... Like headphones. Jesus, Thankfully, it's... Amanda had some from 1910. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's on the right. Oh, shit. That's what that was for. Got it. <laughs> I've only had this computer five years. I was like, it's newer. I don't know why they would have that, you know, but yeah. now I'm like, it's just stupid. <laughs> Well, welcome back, everybody, to Geriatric Mamas. We're super excited. We have a guest today who's very special to us. It's our longtime bestie, Tiffany Baynard. I keep saying Tiffany Allen and Adam Kirk sees like, you mean Baynard? I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know know who that is anymore. (laughs) So Tiffany is here today. We're super excited um, about this episode. Um, Well, I, I mean, I'm excited. I didn't they lived through it. I just kind of vicariously heard their <laughs> stories. And so to me, it's like entertaining because it just seems so ridiculous what they went through. Um, to them, I'm sure they probably feel differently about it. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, we're going to really get into it. But before we do that, um, want to take a little bit of time just to kind of introduce Tiffany and um, let all of you viewers it's probably just four. Hi, mom. <laughs> you viewers, you might not hey, know Amanda. Tiffany. Hey, Amanda. Four. Kate, Amanda, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the people who might not know her just kind of give you a little background. So um, actually, Tiffany, Sonia, and I, and then as well as Tiffany's sister and my cousin Kate, I mean, we've all been in each other's lives for like 20 plus years. Um, Tiffany and I... Did we meet at Longhorn, Tiff? Is that where we originally met? Yes. Yeah. So we <laughs> yeah. used to work together at Longhorn. Funny stories. We used to like not really like each other. Um, I think it was because we were very similar. And then we showed up to a Halloween. She had a Halloween party one year. And I showed up and I was wearing the same Halloween costume as her. We were both cowgirls. It was so random. And we're like, okay. This is probably a thing. So um, they've been, been like uh, maybe we'll be really, friends now. Yeah, we'll be. We've been like really close friends ever since. Um, Tiffany is living in. You're in Charlotte, right? Yes, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, her and her husband actually. So I love to take credit for this. They mm-hmm. met. I set her and her husband up with um, one of Adam's fraternity brothers. He was a, a groomsman. And I made sure that they were walking down the aisle together because I was like, oh, my God, I yeah. feel like they'd actually be like the cutest couple because like <laughs> she's basically Cameron in like female form. Like this would just be like amazing. I and it worked. this lineup be schemed <laughs> out by Jessica and Adam. So Jessica and oh, Adam and so I good. went out to dinner like two nights before Jessica and Adam's wedding. And they were like, OK, Sonia, we need to hook Tiffany up with one of Adam's close friends. And so they went down the list of all of Adam's groomsmen and it was very clear which person they needed to choose. And it was Cameron. It was so obvious right there. It was such a great scheme, (laughs) clearly. Yeah, and it worked, it worked way better. Like I'd love to take credit for all of it, but like I can't, but like it just went way better than I thought. So um, now it's like how many years, five years later, they've, you know, they're still together, they're married. Have a beautiful boy, um, and they own a company, Hestia. Am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. Hestia, Hestia Designs. Designs. Yeah. Hestia Designs. Um, mm-hmm. So, Tiffany, do you want to kind of like talk about what that is? Because I don't want to yeah. like 
say something yeah. that's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been in um, real estate building houses for quite a while, but we um, were living in Texas and relocated to Charlotte and opened this company up um, to build basically um, high-end custom spec houses. So we don't build for clients. We just build what we want and then we sell them at the end. So um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work too. So um, but we, uh, we really enjoy it. We actually get to do some work together and, um, it's been very successful so far. So. Yeah. And your houses are absolutely beautiful. I've been, yeah, I've had the gorgeous. privilege to be working on, um, their social media. And so I've been like getting like all the photos and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I need you to build <laughs> me a house one day. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it's kind of, uh, tough leaving these beautiful houses and going home to my house right. that I don't love as much. So. <laughs> Well, I imagine because you're like designing them. them all. Yeah, you're I designing know. them based on what you like and your own personal yeah. style and preferences. And then it's just like, yeah. oh, shit, this is actually yeah. isn't mine. I can't yeah. wait until you guys are <laughs> actually designing your own new house. That's going to be really I fun. know. Soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so awesome. Um, so where can people go to like find your homes, like your website? Is that the best uh, place? Yeah. Yeah. HestiaDesigns.com. It's H-E-S-T-I-A designs with an s.com awesome yeah so i give you a little plug there mm-hmm. <laughs> um okay so all right so now to kind of address the i guess let's kind of say like elephant in the room um <laughs> because this is a doozy guys uh so why don't First we start stories. with um so tiffany is also a geriatric mama that's why she's here i am mm-hmm. <laughs> Here I am. Um, so how old were you when you started trying for Bradley? I can't remember. I was 38. Okay. So you were just like Sonia and I. Yeah, because we started mm-hmm. trying at 38 and then had – because you had him at 39, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because it was in June. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, – and you like – I felt so bad because we were pregnant, like pretty similar. Like you were pregnant like a few months before I became pregnant and Mm -hmm. like you were going through it. Like I feel like any and every (laughs) complication you could think of as far as like, I mean, symptom, you had it. And then you even like had symptoms that I had never even heard of that I didn't even know were a thing. Um, so Me do you kind of want to, not to make you like relive that, but do you kind of want to like go through some of the things that happened yeah. to you? Yeah. So um, I am a super sensitive person in general. So I pretty much feel every, everything. Um, so I, I kind of had like early, early on symptoms that I were, I wasn't sure if it was just the, I don't know, like maybe the medications they were giving me because I ended up having to go through like the whole Clomid route and trigger shot and all that stuff. And so um, this time I was like, this feels different. I'm like feeling super nauseous. I was was having like light cramping and everything, but I I just thought maybe my hormones were going crazy from the medications. Um, And so, um, but I just, I didn't think it worked because we had been trying for like, I don't know, seven or eight months. And like, I was just like the first try with this, this probably not going to work. So I just kind of shrugged it off like it was nothing. And then um, Cameron and I were out to like on a date night and I had I think like two glasses of wine and like vomited violently when I got home. And I was just like, okay, 
I can handle my liquor a little bit better than this. Like, this is very weird. Um, and so I was like, well, maybe again, maybe it's just the medication and everything. And then we went to um, his sister's baby shower that weekend and I felt fine most of the weekend. So I, I really felt like I'm not pregnant. And so I remember very clearly Sunday night we were talking and I'm like, I just don't want to waste my time doing a bunch of rounds of Clomid, especially after like some of my friends just this experience that, you know, didn't work. And so I was like, I just don't want to waste a bunch of my time and money on like this stupid process. Like, let's just talk about doing maybe IVF. And so Cameron's like, okay, well, let's just, you know, think about it over this week and whatnot. And then Monday morning I had, um, positive pregnancy tests. So <laughs> I was like, uh, um, obviously it was like the faintest pink line ever. So I was like, um, is hey, this- it's there. Huh? It's there. I know, exactly. but I sent it to like <laughs> all of my friends that had been pregnant in the past. And I was just like, you can barely see it. Like, is this, could this be like a false negative? And they're like, no, unlikely. Um, just keep testing and it should get darker. And so I went through like 150 pregnancy tests over the next like three days, <laughs> like just making sure that line was still there. And so, um, and it was, um, and from there on my pregnancy was, um, pretty rough. Like I had, as Jess mentioned, like all of the symptoms. So super nauseous. Fortunately, I didn't vomit a lot, um, but just nauseous all the time. Um, felt like I could never let myself get hungry because it would make me even more nauseous. Um, I had headaches, body aches. Um, I ended up getting placenta privia, um, which- That's what it was. We were trying to yeah. figure out what it was called. Yeah, okay. so I found that out that, and which is basically like, your placenta is covering the cervix. So eventually they want that to move, which in most cases it does as you, as it expands, it will like move out of the way. But if not, then they're like, you, you have to have a C-section, which I was fine with if that was the case, but it was still kind of scary because there's some other stuff that go along with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, as that went on, um, like just, I, as I mentioned, I work in construction. So our job sites are not AC. They are, I'm running around all the time. I'm up and down stairs. I'm carrying tile. I'm like doing, I stopped carrying super heavy stuff, but I'm constantly like all over the place. And so not a super fun job when you're pregnant. <laughs> so, um, and then as I got further along in my pregnancy, it got hotter and hotter. So that was really fun um, in the humidity. And so my legs in like cankles <laughs> just swell. And so super like, OSHA violation, but I could not get shoes on my feet. Like I had to wear these like oversized flip flops and just be like super careful where I was walking because <laughs> I couldn't wear shoes, but I also had to walk my job sites to make sure everything was okay. So I would just make sure everyone was like clear from me that was doing like actual work and stuff. And I was very cautious, but <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, I should have just worn men's steel-toed boots and <laughs> something Gosh. I could get on my feet. But anyway, <laughs> so happy. I made it work. I um, think you get a pass for that. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know if Osha would say the same, but yeah, you know. Um, but <laughs> so I, um, I then uh, started to. Uh, oh, actually, no. I got to my the point where they test you for um, diabetes, and of course, like that's not fun the first round, but then. The second round's like a three-hour test, and so that was super fun. Um, and then uh, it came back that I did have gestational diabetes, so I had to completely change my diet, which was scary because I'm like, not only am I worrying about myself, I'm worrying about my baby. So I have to 
like change my diet completely. And normally like during the day, I'm like on a job site, I'm running to grab Chick-fil-A or something random. And so I couldn't do that anymore. So I had to pre-plan all of my meals when I was out and about. And um, so just um, very inconvenient and very scary too. So I know I felt bad for you because I remember like you're like horrible with everything that was already going on. I feel like the one thing that was actually bringing you joy was like the food and like things that you were eating and you were like, Oh my God, I don't have Chick-fil-A for the hundredth time this week. And like you would get like those strawberry milkshakes and you'd be like, Oh, I'm drinking the strawberry milkshake. Obsessed with strawberries for a while. That was my thing. And And then all of a sudden it's like, that was taken away from you too. And you're like, what the fuck? Just take yeah. this child out of me now. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, this, I'm like, can it get any worse? Well, yeah, the answer is yes. It can. And then I got carpal sure. tunnel. <laughs> like, that a lot of pregnancy. I didn't even know. Tunnel. I didn't yeah. even know was a symptom, by the way. I, I ended up yeah. getting it later, but like, you had it like super early the on. The entire time. Yeah. Which is Why also is that not, a thing in um, pregnancy? I don't understand. It's inflammation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think inflammation yeah. causes I'm not really sure mm-hmm. that's what I think. But um, yeah, also not fun to have in my line of work. And so um, <laughs> moving mm-hmm. on from there, um, you know, I just like got through most of my pregnancy. I'm getting towards the end. And um, and then like my blood pressure started going up when I went in for my um my appointment. So it was getting a little bit high, not too bad, but enough that they were watching me and making me come in a little bit more often than they normally would. And, um, one of the days I came in the, my doctor was like, um, we're going to hook you up on this machine. We just want to see like how, um, you know, everything is, is working and, and it can tell if you're like contracting or anything like that. And mind you, I was in like pain all the time. I had a lot of like the Braxton Hicks, whatever. So I never, I was like worried the whole time. I'm like, am I going to know when I go into labor, because what's real and what's not, you know? And so, yeah. um, because when I was out in the heat and the humidity, like I would get them. So I didn't know, you know, I was worried that like, <laughs> I'm going to have my baby on a job site. Cause I don't know. I'm, pre- I'm like, you know, <laughs> contracting. Yeah. So, um, so I'm sitting in the chair and he comes in and he's just like, are you in any pain? And I'm like, I mean, not more than the usual. Why? And he's like, well, cause you're in labor. And I'm like, oh, cool. So now what? <laughs> and he's like, well, it's early on and it's, you know, it's your first baby. So it's going to be a while. Like if, if you start getting like, you know, more contractions and, and whatnot, like, when they're closer together, then you'll want to head to the hospital, but it's probably not going to happen like tonight or anything like that. And I happened to have an appointment the next day, um, with internal, um, maternal medicine just because of like, they're watching my placenta privy and all that stuff going on. And so how much um, earlier was this than your due date? Was this like a week, um, two weeks? This was it was earlier, three, right? Three weeks, but yeah, three, three weeks, weeks early. Okay. Yeah. And so there, they made a note to my account for that doctor to check my blood pressure again. Cause they're like, if it's, if it's high still, we're going to induce you. And I was like, Oh God, I don't want to be induced because I knew Sonia's story. <laughs> and I was like, Oh great. Um, and I knew how, like, I just don't, I don't, um, deal well with like medication sometimes either. Like they work too much or they don't work enough. Like I just, it's always a thing. So uh, I was concerned with all of that. Um, but so that appointment was a little nerve wracking. So I got there and they, um, fortunately they gave me the good news that my placenta had moved out of the way. Um, but then they told me that my blood pressure was high. And so they were sending me into the hospital to, 
um, to get induced. And so fortunately, the doctor, that doctor was super cool and was like, because no, normally they tell you not to eat anything because of all the stuff that goes on when you're going into the hospital. But he was like, it's going to be a little bit for you, I think. So um, just since it's your first child, he's like, so go eat something. Take your time, pack your bags, don't stress, just get your whatever you need and head to the hospital. They'll be waiting for you. And so um, we did that. And so, of course, I we go to one of our favorite restaurants. So I'm like, it's my last meal for a while. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, I had like that thought in my head that like, I feel like everyone goes through where they're like, like I don't want to poop myself <laughs> during, <laughs> during birth. And so, and if I do, like, I don't want it to be like Mexican. So, oh my God. <laughs> so so good. Somewhere where like, <laughs> we're just going to, um, I'm just going to get a salad, like a steak salad, just Something that would give you a good, at least it'd be like a clean, but... a clean log, like a clean log can just slip mm -hmm. out. No one notices. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully good. the nurse will do me some favors and like just do away with it without Cameron seeing. So, um, oh God. So yes, that was going through my head. So, and then we get all of our stuff. We eat that. We go home, we pack up, we grab all our stuff. We head to the hospital and they, you know, they ended up giving us a really nice room. We were very fortunate. We had like a little balcony and everything, which... I didn't realize how helpful that was going to be because I didn't know how long I was going to be there. Um, and so they, yeah, so they started inducing me and, and hooking me up with everything and everything was going fine for a little bit until like 24 hours had gone by and we're still like, like nothing's happening for me. And so um, they start doing additional, they, they were giving me like the Pitocin or whatever. But then they decided to do the balloon catheter, which they then tried three times that wouldn't work and super painful. Can you explain? Yeah, what, I didn't explain realize you had it is. three. Yeah. yeah. Because I, yeah. I, the first I heard about it is when Sonia was telling me about it. And then I saw mm -hmm. it on yeah. a show that I was watching Unexpected. Yeah. Can you, you explain like what that is? Well, no, I didn't like <laughs> yeah. see it. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> she showed the string hanging out of her freaking vagina, but like I didn't see what <laughs> happens like is yeah. it literally yeah. a balloon like why yeah why? so it's What's basically to like stretch the cervix to like mm -hmm. uh, make it uh start contractions gets, right and it gets your body also kind mm -hmm. of thinking that you're further along i guess and it makes mm -hmm. contractions like, start, like or, or move faster the balloon? like how do they get it out no. oh god well, you want to know <laughs> So yeah. I'll be honest. So it wouldn't work for me. So they couldn't actually I'll tell get you with mine. My cervix was so like was fighting it so much that they couldn't actually even use it. So they tried three times to do it, and like it was so painful, and it wasn't working. And so they just didn't. They didn't do it. And they actually gave me a little break in between, so they continued the torture throughout you know the mm -hmm. next like several hours. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you can explain I'll tell how, you how, how it was for you. <laughs> it comes out in my birth story. Oh, okay. God. Yeah. I'm Save ready for that. I'm excited Save it for that. <laughs> I didn't actually get to that point. Um, mm -hmm. and I honestly don't even remember some of the other stuff that they tried. Um, and this was, so it was a Friday when I went in and so we, it was like Saturday night and still nothing going on. Um, Really, I think I started, finally got a little bit closer and they had me start pushing like, I think it was like midnight on Saturday. Um, and then it didn't, like nothing happened when I was pushing. Like they were like, no, we're we not really ready. So um, let's just take a break. We don't want you to get too tired. And 
Um, and then my water broke. And so I was like, okay, well, that must mean that it's going to keep moving on, you know? And so how long had it been at this point since you got to the doctors? Um, we, I got there at noon on Friday and this was like midnight on Saturday. Okay. Nothing has happened yet. And so, um, I think I probably got like three hours of sleep that night. And then the next morning they came in and, um, they were just loading up more Pitocin and everything and like trying to get things moving. Um, I was still contracting, but like they were pretty mild still. Um, I would say. I mean, I was very uncomfortable because I was very pregnant and, and everything, but it was, it wasn't like what you see in the movies, which is actually not real life like at all. <laughs> That's not how it is. Yeah. Like, you did this for to anyone. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like everyone out there concerned because I was so scared about like the process of like just going into labor. I thought it was going to be like that. And I was going to be like driving down the road and then I just start screaming and crash. Yeah. You know? And That's not how yeah. it works. Like it slowly works its way on. Like, so at first you may not even know you're contracting like me. So, and then it slowly over time gets worse and worse. So, mm-hmm. but that is a, over a long spirit, like period of time. Um, and so um, I just remember like early, well, actually it was, I think it was still late at night. Cameron was just like, it would be great if, you know, if he was born on father's day and I'm like, no, cause that was Sunday. And I'm like, no, he needs to be born right now. Like I, that's too far away. I don't want it. I don't want to wait that long. Like, it's just, I've, I've been in labor long enough. This is torture at this point. <laughs> it's like, cross and, your legs just a little longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then little did I know at that time that all Sunday, I was also not going to have my baby. So I actually didn't have him until very early Monday morning. So I missed Father's Day. So for like initially, I'm like, no, I'm not waiting till Father's Day. And then I was like, man, I wish I had him on Father's Day. Yeah. Um, so it was like 55 hours of labor anyway. Mm-hmm. So and then, yeah, keep I got, going. Um, so anyways, we went back to the um, to trying to push again and like push and push and push. And they're like, he's like not budging whatsoever. And so, of course, they start thinking something's wrong. And this, I can't remember, again, but some of the other stuff that they gave me to try and help induce um, and that that wasn't working. And I think it was like Sunday morning and I had ac- actually asked them for to just do C-section. I'm like, listen, I'm not opposed to it. Like if, you know, if I keep having all these complications, like I don't want to keep going through this for a super long time. I'm tired. Right. Um, and they're like, well, we're not quite ready to make that call yet. I'm like, really? Cause I came in at noon on Friday. They're so. not ready. I'd be like, yeah. well, I've been the one sitting yeah. in stirrups with my vagina <laughs> out for the world to just like, see. Yes. like I'm fucking I had, ready. I had this Seriously. Going through like multiple doctors, multiple nurses, they're all changing shifts and I'm worried they're not reading like all the stuff I'd already gone through. Yeah. And so finally, like Cameron, like pulled, went out, he's like, I'm going to go out and talk to them. So he went out in the hall and like, was just like, I think like she's ready to just move on to to Mm c-section and thankfully they did by the time they like got everything prepped and brought me in i think it again it was like around one in the morning um and 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 i ended up having a c-section then um by this time i was like super stressed and overtired and just 
you know, just beaten down at this point. And so I would have much rather them done it like, I don't know, 24, 48 hours sooner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, I remember like yeah. when you're, cause you were, we were sent, you were sending us text messages, kind yeah. of mm-hmm. like live updates. And you were yeah. like, water just broke any minute now or any time yeah. now. Cause we were they kept we're giving close. me like all this like false yeah, hope. And then remember right. like, and like, they had, yeah. you were like, oh, Cameron mm-hmm. and, um, Cameron and Amanda yeah, just and ordered food. Moving, so. I'm getting steak. Uh, and like, yeah. you were all excited for your food. Yeah. And then it was like, still nothing, still nothing, still <laughs> yeah. nothing. I was like, yeah. so wait, I was so concerned about your meal. I was like, so did she not get her food? Could she not eat it? Like, no, was it just I couldn't. Here? It was literally like jello for, that's what I lived off for several days. And so, Ugh. um, yeah, so I finally go in and then, um, by this time they had reloaded my epidural three times. Um, and then they, um, they had to again, cause they add more to it or whatever for when you're getting a C-section. I don't yeah. know what else they mm-hmm. add to it, but it's different. Um, yeah. and I could, it did like, I wasn't a hundred percent numb for my surgery because like, which it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was painful, but I could feel like the pulling and the moving and everything. It was like making me sick to my stomach. So I thought I was going to throw up. And of course I'm laying down, they have my arms tied out Mm -hmm. and I'm like feeling like I'm going to vomit in my mouth and like die during birth. And so it was, it was horrible. And, um, and I remember like when they, like he came out and they showed him like up over the curtain and, that was like, you know, <laughs> astonishing. And yeah. then, yeah, was were they like, pushing on his balls when they were holding him not, up? No, they didn't hold. Like, no, they weren't. When they were but holding up Hayden, they were like push. There's like a picture, and all I can see are these I giant balls the because the way they were holding it, and I was just like, yeah. why are they what? grabbing his balls like that? He does not appreciate that. Like, Poor Hayden. Yeah, I'm like, like maybe it's just a thing them. they do with boys. I don't know. No. Like, look, mom. No. Look what they were holding made. him underneath, but I don't think they yeah. had his balls in the same way. But, oh my god! Um, but I remember when they are like were sewing me back up. It felt like it was an eternity, and I could feel the like pulling and tugging of like them doing that, and it was just like it was just oh. so like disturbing. Yeah, and so I'm like I kept asking them if they're almost done. I'm like, can you hurry up? Like I can feel it. Are you almost done? And they're like. Um, like almost there, almost there, just hanging there. And, um, again, I'm, I'm so nauseous at this point. And I already told them like, be Mm -hmm. ready, have stuff nearby for me because I am likely to vomit. Like, that's just, no, I know I'm going to. And so they did, they ended up, um, giving me something that was like, like helped me to not vomit. Um, and then feel, I felt nauseous for like a couple hours after that, just because it was just so (laughs) disturbing and everything. But, um, and so then, um, my son's temperature dropped. So they had him in like, like the, under this heater to keep him warm. And I'm like freaking out about everything. And like, then I find out that he has a heart murmur and all of that. And so it was just kind of like one thing after another. I'm like, he's finally out in here. And didn't they and like, like find out that he was actually stuck on your cert, your, your Oh yeah. Bone? I found out after like, they're so like, yeah, the reason never came out. No, yeah. he was never coming out. He was stuck. His head was like, um, was Same. stuck in my pelvis. Yeah. Like he couldn't, there was no way he was coming out. And mm-hmm. I was why did they do an ultrasound? Irritated. I don't understand. Right. Like, let's see where he is. Yeah. I, I was wondering it. the same thing because I actually had an, well, I had an ultrasound on Friday when I went in that was part of, of it. And he was, you know, in the right place, but they didn't say anything about his, his head being like jammed in there or anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know if it got 
that way in the process, like of pushing and everything, or if it was already kind of stuck, I don't really know, but they were basically were like, yeah, he wasn't coming out that way. And I was just like, that would have been wonderful to know 55 hours ago. Seriously. And the yeah. fact that you, that Cameron had to go and basically say like, we're yeah. ready for a C-section. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And they weren't yeah. ready. They probably would have still been at it for yeah, like another knows. 24 hours. And my or concern so. at this point was like my water had broke over 24 hours before at this point. And so I was scared that there was yeah. going to be something wrong there too. Right. So I don't know how long that's an yeah, issue. You know, they can hang out in there without like all of the water. So I just, yeah, I was just, I was, it was very scary. And I was obviously questioning like everyone's decisions in my behalf. And, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of say at that, at that point. And so I know a lot more now. So, you know, next time around, if we are able to get pregnant again, I'm going to be a lot more pushy about what I want. I'm going straight to C-section and mm -hmm. um, I'll have it planned because I don't, you know, I wouldn't want to go through all of that again. Well, so. I think because you had a C-section this time, you have more of a leg to stand on now. Yeah. You can demand it. Because yeah. usually I think when you have one C-section, I feel like they usually tend to just automatically do a C-section again. The yeah. yeah. And I so. think, I mean, I think a lot of people just prefer that and it's, and it's fine. I mean, there's some that like want to, want to go through the natural birthing experience. I'm like, for me, I didn't care. Like I just wanted mm -hmm. him out at that point. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't about that process. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, how do I get him out the safest possible way for both right. of us? So exactly. Um, yeah. And did you have any like postpartum complications or did like majority of it start kind of fading um, away? I was really fortunate. I didn't really take maternity leave. So I was kind of back to work and very, you know, active, um, even through the, the C-section pain and everything. I think I was back like two and a half weeks later, I was back in the field. So, um, and I your just, diabetes went away and everything. It did um well they pretty much said it would kind of fade out as soon as the baby came mm -hmm. out and so I didn't I didn't check for it a lot I was just so happy to be able to eat like normal again mm -hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't say mm -hmm. normal I was probably better off eating the way I was while I was pregnant <laughs> at the end there but you know um but I wasn't worrying about it I wasn't checking it anymore I was just kind of like I've had enough with all of that I'm just going back to normal you know and mm -hmm. so um but it did it did go away so Hopefully, what, yeah. Um, before we go into Sonia, what, like, given everything that you experienced and went through from, like, start to finish, what advice do you have for other geriatric mamas who are expecting? Um, putting you on the spot. That is, yeah, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm like, I have so much for you. Um, <laughs> I would say some of the most, um, I guess, some of the most helpful things that I learned along the way, one was that they'll tell you not to eat before you go in, eat before you go in, because like, if it's your first Just child, not it's not, <laughs> yeah, not Mexican, not anything Indian or crazy food. Um, just keep it light and simple, but eat something because you don't know when you're going to be able to eat again and you're already uncomfortable. And then being hungry on top of that is just not fun. And so, um, so that was one thing I was, I was glad that I had someone that told me to do that because I was told from others not to. <laughs> so I was like, I have one person mm -hmm. to say I can, so I'm going to get food. Um, and then also, um, as far as like, if you, if you get uh, gestational diabetes, like it's not, it's not your fault. It's not anything you're doing. I'm a relatively healthy person. I'm not like, 
hugely overweight or anything like that. It just is hormone related. And like, I'm super sensitive. So my hormones are crazy. And that was basically like a lot of the issues I had with my pregnancy. So um, if you do get it, like, don't beat yourself up. There's a lot of information out there. Um, you know, as far as like what, what to eat, what not to eat. Um, just be careful with certain things. I learned that sweet potatoes spike my sugar. So, <laughs> um, That's just, crazy. yeah, it's just, everyone's different and it could be different in the def- next pregnancy, but like just figuring out quickly what, what spikes your sugar and what doesn't and just try and stick to that and just eat to fuel your body only and not really just try and get over like, eating for pleasure, pleasure. I guess. So, yeah. um, it's a necessity at that point. <laughs> it is. It, it really, it really was. Um, and, um, the, just, I learned so much about hormones even after pregnancy as well. I was, was fortunate. I didn't have any postpartum issues, um, that caused, um, like depression or anything like that, but I did have like crazy hormones and like, you know, other issues that kind of came up, like my, my skin, I like little red bumps and stuff, like just weirdness just with my hormones. Mm -hmm. Um, so anything you can do when you are trying to conceive, like to level your hormones out and keep them level through your pregnancy, the best you can, they're going to go crazy anyways, because you're pregnant, but just trying to get ahead of that will definitely make your pregnancy much better. And I think that was one of my biggest issues. And so now that we are trying to conceive again, I have been like spending so much time. I got a nutritionist and I'm like, I've leveled my hormones out a lot and I feel a lot better. So I'm pretty confident that going into my next pregnancy, I'll take better care of myself too and try not to be in the field as much. But also, um, I think just I'll have a better head start as far as like being more level and that will hopefully keep my pregnancy in a little bit better place. But mm-hmm. I'll probably be on a podcast at that point and let you know how that's going down the road. But yeah, yeah. in theory, it makes sense. So for yeah. sure you will no, be. No, I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's great mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. yeah. Well, definitely. now we have Sonia. So Sonia, I want to kind of like do this a little differently because again, it's not, I'm not laughing. Okay. I am laughing at your expense, I guess. Not like I at mean, you, but like both of you. It's just like, it's just such a, <laughs> like you can't write this shit. So I would say like for you, like, you had because sure. you had such strong thoughts in the beginning mm-hmm. about c-section and being a deuce and i know there was like people in your life around you like certain things were happening and um you had like a very specific birth plan for yourself and how things were gonna go and what was gonna happen and i feel like it was just like it was just it was just everything just went completely backwards for you yeah. um so maybe kind of like take a minute to kind of talk about like <laughs> what your birth plan was before Mm -hmm. we start kind of like diving into (laughs) what actually happened. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, you know, like a lot of geriatric mamas, I was very type A about how I wanted things to go with um, pregnancy and with my birth plan. Um, So with my birth plan, I really wanted to just have Annabelle the natural way. Uh, I didn't even want an epidural really. Um, but I definitely didn't want a C-section just because all the statistics out there, um, when you're researching the difference between C-section and natural birth, all this is all the statistics. Uh, why can't I say that word? Statistics. Statistics. Now statistics. I can't say it. Statistics. Ooh, it came out. It came out. <laughs> um, unlike Annabelle, it came out. Um, so, you know, 
like all the statistics out there say that C-section is much more dangerous for the mom. Um, it can be dangerous for the baby, especially for um, placenta previa. Um, but, you know, C-section um, is technically, I guess, more dangerous for us. So I really just wanted to be alive for my baby that I had worked so hard for. <laughs> so I, you know, I had the birth plan of going all natural. I printed out every detail um, down to the letter and handed out five copies to make sure everyone on the floor, uh, that was there that weekend knew what my birth plan was. Mike had one in his pocket at all times. And I had one out on like, like my table next to me where I kept my water jug. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also didn't want to be induced and, and induction was never part of my plan. Um, I went two weeks late in fact. Um, having Annabelle. So, um, I was due. You, were, you had her, you, she was in you for like what, 42, 43 weeks or something. Yeah. Like that. My God. I, was I would have due. literally died. Yeah. <laughs> my due date was technically May 13th. Um, and then I didn't have her until, um, May 30th. And, um, I went through midwives specifically because I knew that like at first before, you know, going to hospital to actually give birth, I went through midwives for all my doctor's appointments because I knew that they wouldn't be pushing me to induce early. Um, so this is how type A I was. <laughs> and so finally, two weeks late, um, I had one night um, of just like light contractions, but they started at probably 10 PM and went all the way until three o'clock in the morning. And Mike was dead asleep. And I, you know, during mid very light contraction, I was in pain. So I'm like, you know, kicking Mike. I'm like, Mike, I'm having contractions. Like this might be happening. Um, and so I had, I went to the doctors the next morning, um, because I told them I was having contractions and it was not busy for them. So they're like, yeah, come on in. We'll take a look. We'll put you on the stress test and see what's going on. And there were like mild contractions happening. But during the daytime when I was at the doctors, I couldn't feel the contraction like I did overnight. So clearly there was really not a lot happening, but it was two weeks late and they were like, you know, we can induce this weekend where it's a very slow weekend. We have nothing going on. It's Memorial day. Um, there's no one scheduled to give birth this weekend except for you but you're past due. So there's that. And, um, they're like, we have no emergency C-sections obviously planned and we have no planned C-sections coming in. So you'd be the only one there. So you could technically go in like tonight if you want to. So we did, we went in, um, it was a Thursday night. It was, I think May 27th and we went in, um, they told us we could eat cause it would, you know, take a while for, we were just doing a physical induction. So that would take a little while. Um, so, I went in after having like a Wendy's chicken sandwich or something, which is super salty, which really helped with my blood pressure because I was starting to get a little bit of preeclampsia during those last two weeks. Um, so when I went in, of course, my blood pressure was spiked and they were kind of urgent about that. But they were like, it'll go down. It'll go down. And I was like, it for sure will because I know it's just because I ate a bunch of salt. So they weren't, they decided they weren't worried about that. So my plan on my birth plan <laughs> was to start with the physical induction, which is the balloon slash the um, catheter induction. Um, so they don't start with Pitocin in that point, because obviously that's a drug. Um, so my midwife 
did the um, catheter insertion and just told me that um, I was going to feel pressure. They put water up in there. She said she was going to leave it in for 24 hours. And then after that, we should be able to start Pitocin to get things going a little bit faster. We'd see how it goes. So um, they did the whole, you know, water balloon thing. um, And it slowly started contractions. But what I didn't know and I learned was that when you do a physical induction like that, you can have up to three minute contractions that are supposedly like really light as opposed to just the one minute contraction, you know, here and there. I was having like three minute contractions every two minutes. And they were really painful, but nothing Mm. was happening. I was barely dilating. So after the first 24 hours, that was in the whole time, the whole 24 hours, I had, you know, roughly three minute contractions. Um, And it was, you know, extreme. Like there were times when I was just like gritting my teeth and like pulling the blankets and just like in so much pain. And Mike didn't really know what to do. Like we didn't get any sleep that night, obviously, because it was just awful. And the beds, mind you, that they put you in um, for induction. (laughs) I know. For induction, you're put into a bed that's meant for you to give birth off of. So like it splits Mm -hmm. down the middle. And it's just so hard. Like so a I was rubber in, bed. Yeah, it's like a rubber bed with like some sort of a hard thing be in, in the prison. middle. Like right yeah. on my tailbone because I'm 4'11". Tiffany, I don't know where that part fell on you because you're much taller. Same. It was very yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, it was yeah. great. So like 24 hours of no sleep. Like Mike wanted me to take his place on the couch because he figured that would be more comfortable for me. So anyways, long story short, the next morning after 24 hours, my midwife decided that that wasn't working. Um, so they were going to take the balloon out and I was at three centimeters dilated, but I wasn't effaced at all. And it had taken that long to get to three centimeters. But what that meant was that the balloon was also three centimeters wide. So when you have a baby and you're supposed to be at 10, 10 centimeters wide, that's because the baby's head is meant to fit out that because it's like roughly nine to 10 centimeters, right? So it's painful. Well, my cervix was three centimeters dilated and the balloon was three centimeters. And she's like, you might feel a little bit of pain. Mm-mm. She pulled the three centimeter catheter out of me, which means I basically felt for like two seconds, I basically felt like what it would feel like to pass a baby through your vagina. Oh, because- it was, was it like, slow? Was it a quick pull or what? Like, well, what, I mean, like, she kind of had, you know, like the tugging part wasn't that fast, but then like when it actually like came out, it was, it was fast, but it was shocking. I like, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. So Mike, yeah, Mike saw my face and saw what my body like did. And he was like, what's wrong? What just happened? And I was like, I think I just gave birth to a balloon. <laughs> After I gathered oh my myself. God. After I gathered myself, I figured out what had just happened to me. Um, so anyway, I mean, that's the thing. Like these people, you know, these doctors and these um, practitioners, they see this 10 times a day. So for them, this is really nothing. For me, this was my first time. Um mm-hmm you know, trying to give birth to a baby. So I had no idea that that's what what was about to happen. So anyways, then um, they were planning to start the Pitocin that day, but somebody came in in labor. Um, and then someone else came in who needed an emergency C-section. And it was oh my Memorial God, Day bitch, weekend. Go away. Go to a different right. hospital. 
I know I should have. I'm gonna go to a different hospital down the street right now. Um, no, I'm saying the bitch that came in. Well, it's like oh, I was here yeah. first. No, they, yeah, they no, find a different hospital. Fuck off, right? <laughs> right, and like the staffing, I'm sure at like any hospital on Memorial Day weekend, everyone's out having barbecues and like you know they weren't they're not at the hospital for anything. Like they don't plan a lot on that weekend, so. Anyway, so they didn't have enough people for them to give me Pitocin and then possibly actually go into labor. So um, we had to wait 24 hours. So we just kind of hung out. And then um, I think at 9 o'clock that night, they decided that I didn't have to wait 24 hours, that they had enough people, everyone was okay and stable on the floor, that they were going to start Pitocin. So they did. Um, and then the contractions got started and they were pretty heavy. And I still didn't have my epidural yet. And um, so I went, I think like 10 to 12 hours without an epidural. And then it, you know, I needed the epidural. It was just the contractions were feeling strong, but my midwife kept telling me that they were very light contractions and still nothing was actually happening. So she wasn't, she was either thinking of sending me home after the epidural wore off once I decided to get it or, um, just, eventually doing a C-section if need be. But she said the last resort, um, since the Pitocin wasn't working, was to break my water and see if anything happened. And at that point, I didn't necessarily want to go home and I didn't want to wait another week. <laughs> so we had already been through so much. So I was just like, okay, yeah, I guess, you know, we can try breaking my water. And, and so how, we did- Sorry, how many days, you probably already said this, but how, yeah, how many days was, had it been- Saturday. So I went in Thursday. It was Saturday before they decided to break my water. And then once they broke my water and I was on the epidural and on Pitocin and all of this, um, and it had been a while of me having like three minute contractions because of the fact that I had started with the physical induction, Annabelle was getting stressed out. So the baby wasn't handling all the stress yeah. of being compressed and her heart rate started to drop. Her oxygen levels were weird. And at one point mm -hmm. I had like a complete nervous breakdown because like her monitor started beeping, like her heart rate was down and I just lost it. And so at that point, I think they knew that the stress was bad on both of us and that eventually mm -hmm. I would end up having a C-section. So it was like maybe five hours later, um, after her heart rate started dropping, which was like sometime in the middle of the night, Saturday night was when all of that started happening. They decided I was having an emergency C-section, but they had to get done with one more first. So it was like 7.30 in the morning on Sunday when they rushed my bed into um, the C-section operating room. And um, I, much like Tiffany, I was extremely nauseous. I felt really out of it, um, just like very foggy because I had had all the Pitocin, the epidural medication. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like my legs were already swollen like balloons at that point because of everything going through my system. So I was barely able to keep my eyes open. I kept telling Mike and my midwife, I'm like, you know, can you please tell the doctor I feel like I'm going to pass out. So like, if I don't make this, <laughs> make it through, like, I thought I was dying. I was like, if I don't make it, like, just let me see my baby for like one second. Like, I don't know. Like I was just telling them, like, I, like all this medication is making me messed up. I'm going to throw up. I need you to give me something for nausea. They're like, as soon as the baby's out, we can get you something for nausea. And I was like, okay, okay. So, um, 
then, you know, Annabelle came out, she was amazing and did all the things she needed to do. Um, and they handed her to Mike immediately. Cause I told them like, if I held her, I was going to basically drop her. Cause I couldn't hold anything. I could barely move my mm-hmm. arms. <laughs> so, but like, I also felt like all the like tugging and like the weird stuff, but I feel like I've only heard that from Tiffany. So I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it wasn't normal, but at the same time, I, like, I guess I, felt, I did. I felt tugging, but I didn't really yeah. feel like, like them sewing it, you up. And yeah, I didn't feel any of that. Like I, yeah. I just, I didn't feel any of that. The only then when I say tugging was just because like my whole body was jolting as they were like mm-hmm. moving things Trying around. Get, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't remember when Kate was like, they pull on your vagina, they pull your vagina. <laughs> and Tiffany was like messaging me. I thought she's like, what is she talking about? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm mortified. They're going to be pulling my vagina. Like, what is that? remember we like, we're like put our foot up on the, ta- the like the table yeah. and it's just like, let's pull this baby. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely felt like my body like moving, but I didn't feel my vagina. We'll have to ask her about that, right? My vagina. Either. I don't know. Please come on and explain to us what you meant by pulling on your vagina, because inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, no. And like the other weird thing that one of the reasons why I know I felt all the tugging was because my midwife, the one that was there that weekend was the one midwife who didn't think Annabelle was a full size baby. Like she thought she was a tiny baby, but all of my ultrasounds said she was, um, seven pounds, like roughly seven pounds and up. Um, which is normal size baby for birth. And yeah. so, so my midwife thought she was maybe like five pounds, six pounds. So when she told the doctor how big of an incision to make, she told her to make a tiny incision and Annabelle oh. was normal size. So they had to like use the jaws of life to get Annabelle oh out of it, which might be why I felt the level of tugging that I did. Mm. So, anyways, and then you know, that's what happened to me too. Because remember, they said they they told me that he was going to be really small as well. Actually, no, Mm -hmm. I I take that back. It was the other way around. Right. And (laughs) I thought he was going to be really big and he was really small. (laughs) And I guess because you were early, remember? Because he was pacing big, but then you had him three weeks early. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, had you waited, then he would have been bigger. And I guess, you know, looking back, um, it probably wasn't very safe that that's what you know, everyone thought and, you know, all that, but my scar is like this big, it's tiny. It's like maybe two inches now. I mean, it was obviously a little bit bigger before it healed, but it's very, Mm -hmm. it's always been really small. So, I mean, I am slightly thankful for that now, but that's just vanity. I mean, I guess it could have gone Mm -hmm. higher and it could have gone a little wider to be yeah, they definitely do yeah. it a little bit more discreet than they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some retro, retro C-section scars, and they are gnarly. <laughs> like, what the hell yeah. happened there? Yeah, I have too. That's for sure. You had, you had also, I know you mentioned that you got preeclampsia. So you had also, mm-hmm. like, you got post. Yeah, I got you postpartum. Because like, you and I had, like, pretty, like, easy, breezy pregnancies. Yeah, but my you really went easy. through it with postpartum, though. Like, you had some stuff. Yeah. I had postpartum preeclampsia. So, you know, postpartum, I mean, preeclampsia in general is basically when your organs are starting to kind of shut down a little bit because, you know, your body is overworking, trying to sustain the baby. 
and trying to sustain yourself. And it was really healthy throughout my pregnancy, except for the last month, I just kind of started to indulge myself in all of my cravings. Um, but I was really good up until that last month. So I never really had any issues. I feel like with my liver, my kidneys and my heart and all of that starting to get stressed, it wasn't filtering out a bunch of junk. And so you know, towards the end, it was filtering out more junk, plus trying to sustain Annabelle and me. So I definitely, you know, experienced like, and then when, you know, you get induced, your body is processing Pitocin, your body's Mm -hmm. processing the epidural through all Mm -hmm. of these organs. And, um, you know, and then also you're like, you're spending your time loving on your baby more sometimes than taking care of yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're not really sleeping that much. Your body's not getting rest. So yeah, I had more postpartum issue with preeclampsia and, um, I had to like take my blood pressure every few hours and lo and behold, every time I would eat something that had salt and fat in it, it would like skyrocket and they gave me medication (laughs) to make sure like that was staying under control while I was getting myself regulated. Um, so, I mean, I feel like... How is your... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I wasn't I was gonna necessarily, ask, like... like, stuffing myself full of, like, junk food, but I definitely mm-hmm. was, like, more focused on eating so I could try to breastfeed, right. you know? You eat what you can in those, right. in those moments. It's exactly. Not, you don't always have time to, like, cook this, like, wonderful yeah. meal. Yeah. Um, so, looking back, you know, basically like how your perception before going into all this and then now after everything that you went through, um, has, I'm, I'm assuming, I feel like this is a dumb question, but like, how has your perception changed of like, induction versus was, C-section? Yeah. Or, yeah, well, no, I know you're, you're, um, I feel like I know how you feel about induction, but like, yeah. as far as like the whole idea of like C-section, like, would you, would you just, are you an advocate for it now as opposed to like before where you were like all against it? Yeah. I think for, um, if you're going to be induced and your body hasn't shown very many signs of already opening its cervix on its own and you need to be induced, then just go for a C-section instead because your, your cervix doesn't really want to open. But if you're showing Mm -hmm. signs like you're like more than one centimeter dilated and your body is showing signs that it wants to go into labor. I feel like um, geriatric mamas could probably handle an induction over a C-section. So I think it's really more like to the person, but mm-hmm. also going in with the knowledge of like what your body wants to do in that moment of needing mm-hmm. to get the baby out. Like if you need to get the baby yeah. out, where is my body right now? What is it doing? Mm-hmm. If you don't need to mm-hmm. get the baby out and you really want to do things the natural way, then wait until your body's showing like signs. Wait until you're a little bit dilated. Um, mm-hmm. and I wonder maybe- how long Annabelle would have gone. I think Before. she would have gone a she, couple more weeks. She'd still be yeah, in I there. Think so. Yeah, because I mean, she'd still be. She was very she'd just be like two-year-old kicking it in here. She's like playing with her blocks. She's coloring. She's saying her ABCs. I can hear her. She's talking in her belly. Like, oh my yeah, gosh! No, she was comfortable and happy. She had her mind set um, on it. Given everything that you went through, like what? advice do you have for geriatric mamas who are experiencing like, you know, that went through or 
actually, I guess they wouldn't know they're going to go through that. But I would say, what advice yeah. do you have for geriatric mamas getting ready to go into birth? Like same question mm-hmm. I asked Tiffany. But then also, what advice do you have for geriatric mamas that are um, experiencing some of the postpartum complications, specifically preeclampsia and the swelling and stuff? Like, what are some things that helped you that you mm-hmm. would recommend for them? Um. So definitely, like I was, I was kind of like saying before, I think this is the biggest point is just, you know, know where your body is at. If you're, if you want to give birth naturally, by all means, just wait until your body's showing signs. If you oh, can, I already if asked you're you not, that question, didn't I? yeah, <laughs> if you're not, if your kidneys and your liver are holding out and the placenta is holding out, then like keep the baby in there for a little while longer. Don't mm-hmm. be swayed by anyone, not even your like grandmother or mom. Who's like, um, do you think this is safe? Because if baby's good and you're good, and you really want to wait, then just wait. Um, but if you want to get the baby out, just ask for a C-section if you're not showing signs. And, you know, the doctor might mm-hmm. think that's the smartest idea too. Um, you never know. They might go along with that. Um, but for postpartum issues, like if anyone's having preeclampsia, I would say just really, truly watching salt and fat intake because that is the recipe for disaster with um, filtration in the body, obviously just kind of trying to eat as low fat and low salt as you possibly can, whatever that might mean for your diet type, drinking lots and lots of water. Um, Mm -hmm. ginger tea is really good for circulation and for, um, cleaning out the system. Lemon water is really good for cleaning out the system. And we, we all know we need to stay hydrated, especially if we're trying to breastfeed. You know, one day I noticed that like my legs were, jiggly but not not like overweight jiggly it felt like water I was like trying on dresses for a wedding or an event or a work trip or something and like I noticed my legs had excess water in them and I was like this is weird this is like a year and a half after giving birth to Annabelle so I don't know what's going on here and then I ended up researching stuff and one night in the middle of the night I saw um something about the lymph system being affected by c-section um which can cause severe swelling and water retention because a lot of our, for women, a lot of our core lymph nodes are in our pelvic region, which is right where the incision happens. Um, and where I, my incision is, is like right in that area of very important filtration between the upper body and the lower body. Um, and what can help with that is lymphatic drainage massage. There's a lot of ways to do lymphatic drainage, um, in other ways, but one of the most effective ways is to have somebody massage the water to the lymph nodes that are like really effectively working. (laughs) So I went to, um, a specialist, um, lymph node massage therapist, um, here in Portland. And, um, she's helped me so, so much. She's taught me other things about lymphatic drainage and, you know, like the ginger tea, um, helping, to get water to where it needs to go just by like thinning it out and, um, the lemon water and certain exercises and putting your legs up at night for 10 minutes before you go to bed (laughs) straight up in the air. You're just 90 degree angle with your legs flopping around in the air. Like Mike always looks at me like I'm crazy, even though he knows exactly what I'm doing. And Annabelle comes (laughs) over and she's like, mama, Okay. (laughs) Yes, honey. Mama's legs are up in the air because she's decrepit and she's geriatric, and she just needs to do something. A a demo demonstration. You want me to do one? Yeah, but I say, you know what? What better excuse to treat yourself? 
to a massage because it is, it's really, truly a massage, but it has a purpose of getting rid of that excess water, um, from the C-section scar. So yeah. Amazing. I still need to try that. And you like, do. Like that just sounds so like, it's do you so feel good. like relief after? Like, do you feel like, yeah, lighter, especially like, the first around? couple like, of oh. times, like the first couple times I went, it was a whole, it was like this whole experience. I got home and I like peed gallons. In fact, she told me I needed to drink a lot of water because I was going to be dehydrated. So I just peed so much and like other stuff happened too that might be a little too disgusting to talk about. I just like everything just like came if out, you were okay? to eat Mexican food situation. Yeah, like if I were to eat Mexican food, it was like my body just went through a full gone cleanse and I was like, like you this just ate nothing but Chipotle for, for like two yeah. weeks. I'm like nobody said that was going to happen. Why didn't she? explain that to me I would have liked to have been prepared like what if I was out in public <laughs> so anyway I wonder yeah. if like this is really bad I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this but I'm like my mind's like hmm maybe like I'm not actually fat maybe I just have like a bunch of fluid maybe I'm maybe just like our maybe cells just are just like have like maybe I just need to have like four <laughs> lymphatic drainage drainages mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. just to like to like to be back in my 20s again <laughs> i mean you never know it could just be the miracle drug for all of us geriatric mamas yeah. out there <laughs> because you know i mean if you think about yeah. like water that doesn't escape the body how gross is that it's just dirty water so just dirty water like circulating through the body that just never escapes so like if you think about people who may or may not have like like excessive breakouts in their skin yeah. or, you know, there's so many other things that go along with this and, you know, yeah, it, it does have to do with preeclampsia. Dirty but it, water. That's just, just like dirty a, water a circulating visual. through our body. I know it's so gross. So and that's the, that's what, one of the things that made me run, not walk to a massage therapist who could get this out of me. So but it's nice to have the at home remedies too. Like I was telling Tiffany about the, um, the lymphatic drainage brush. And I think I was telling you too, Jess, there's like brushes you can buy. And like, there's a way of like using the brush in a certain direction to help the body remove, um, excessive water. Um, and you can do hot, cold showers to shock the system and get the water moving. Um, it's a whole thing. Maybe I'll do a blog post on it. Yeah, I think you should. I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's my story. Um, Jess, can you tell us, you know, a little bit about your rough birthing story? <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't know. I'm almost kind of embarrassed to actually say what happened to me after you guys just said your story. You? Um, <laughs> because literally legit I, it, I yeah i literally went in and then like an hour later i had my baby um so i had a planned c-section because he was breech well so let me back up so i really wanted to have him natural i was like oh well if you have a c-section then it makes it harder for you to like get pregnant again later um because of like the incision and it affects implantation and i had all the stuff in my head of how i thought things were going to go and what i wanted and no 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 and then leading up to it where he like basically never flipped he basically stayed breech he kind of made that decision for me mm -hmm. and so we had a scheduled c-section it was like a week before when i was supposed to actually have him um we get we went in that morning um i got admitted 
I got some drugs. They put together a little <laughs> cocktail for me. I was uh, like a nice, bitch. nice, nice warm blanket on my legs. Uh, um, they wheeled me out back. They, um, I was like really scared because I have like super like sensitive back. Like, I, like I'm just so jumpy. Like anybody mm. can touch. Like I hate back massages. Like I just I flinch. And so mm-hmm. I was so afraid that I was going to be paralyzed from the epidural. So I was just like, oh my god, oh my god. And so, but the the person who was doing it was like hilarious. He like was able to distract me and it even because they numb it before it went in. So it wasn't an issue. That was the yeah. only big scary thing. I for remember me. you were so scared about that. You kept asking mm-hmm. me, can you feel it? Is it like, did you move? Did you flinch? And I'm the oh, most ticklish God, person so in the entire scared. world. Yeah. So I felt like I, I jumped so in. Were I was really scared too. Yeah. I do remember yeah. that being concerning because mm-hmm. yeah. I was just like, yeah. trying to stay as still as possible. But well, you I'm hear like, all these stories that it was like, yeah. oh, well, the epidural paralyzed her from the waist down or mm-hmm. paralyzed her from yeah. the neck down. She never got to hold her baby. And it's like, mm-hmm. fuck. Like, you know, <laughs> right. so I literally was just like freaking out. Um, but yeah. And so then like, I couldn't feel anything. They like, you know, laid me down and everything. And they were playing music. They're asking me what station I wanted to listen to. Are you and, kidding um, me? <laughs> <laughs> They um, even offered like Adam to like, you know, um, go get some breakfast at one point be- while they were prepping me and everything. Mm-hmm. So he had like, um, he got a breakfast, I think like a little breakfast sandwich or something and um, like a coffee and it was hospital stuff. It wasn't that good. Um, well, the actual hospital food in our room later was actually really good, but that stuff was just like, whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so he noticed my complaints are about the food and like mm-hmm. <laughs> what they're playing for music. Did they play the right radio station for you, Jess? They did. They was did. it okay? Um, oh, it was okay. It was okay. It got me in the right mood. I was like, I was like, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, hey, can you play salt and pepper? Push it, please. <laughs> but they didn't. They didn't. You weren't the pushing. But you weren't pushing. Yeah. So I wasn't yeah. pushing. Um, so lay down and they like oh at first they were like do you want this they were gonna have a mirror showing me and i'm just like fuck no i don't want to watch you rip me open like are you kidding no no, no i know no. it's like yeah, for someone that too and i was like no. i was like i'm good <laughs> i don't out. need that yeah for i don't sure need enough i'm good <laughs> yeah. i'm good and so adam was like literally like like on one side, he was like kind of like going back and forth between like the blanket and me, the blanket and me or whatever. And the only thing like I felt was um, a lot of pressure on my chest at one point where they were mm-hmm. like pushing and doing something or whatever. Um, well, I found out after was that my blood was really thin. And so I was actually losing a lot of blood. So I think the mm-hmm. oxygen level in my system was going down. That's what I was because I was having kind of like shortness of breath. And then mm-hmm. the anesthesiologist, he like gave me something and immediately I felt like, <gasps> like yeah. I could breathe again but so yeah. that part was kind of a little scary um but it was very quick like they caught it the second he heard me saying I'm having a hard time breathing I can't breathe yeah um they fixed it right away mm-hmm. and then um yeah then it was like a few minutes later I hear Hayden screaming um they <laughs> hold him up over the blanket and I all I just see are these giant blue balls and I'm like what is going on <laughs> and you look in the picture it's because the doctor like had his fi- like the finger was kind of like propping him up like squishing on the balls and so his yeah. balls look like really big it was just like it's a very disturbing photo yeah um <laughs> And then Adam describes this part. I could hear the water, but I didn't understand what was happening. Of course, you can't say anything. He described it as they took like a big pan of water, like a big pot of water, and they were just like dumping water in me. Um, He was just like, what the fuck? Like, he didn't know what was happening, but they were just like dumping water in me. Mm -hmm. And then they like sewed me up. I didn't feel anything. Um, Sewed me all up. And then the only thing when I went back into the room 
um, was I started feeling nauseous, which I told them like any kind of like um, anesthesia, anything like that, it makes me nauseous. And mm-hmm. I did get kind of annoyed because I feel like they just didn't believe me when I said that. And so mm-hmm. I literally was violently vomiting for like what felt like forever. It probably wasn't that mm-hmm. long, but it felt like forever until they finally gave me something to stop it. That was like really my only complaint. But all of that happened. Like I got there at like, I got there at 830. They took me back at nine. Um, and then he was literally in my <laughs> arms at like 10. 30 10 45 mm-hmm. or something like that yeah. um and that's Save the best for last <laughs> <laughs> sorry i literally feel like an asshole when i like say my story no, like i just thought you had, I was gonna you had like, all your stuff mm-hmm. front loaded so yeah, yeah. you knew yeah yeah, I know. I feel <laughs> like being breach, I guess, right? I know. Yeah. I kind of feel like it was because everything that I had gone through leading up to try to like get pregnant that mm-hmm. like like I paid my dues. Like I was good. Yeah. Cuz it we was like a my nice preg- pregnancy. My pregnancy birth. was easy breezy. Yeah. My birth was easy breezy and I'm just kind of like I yeah, I mean I'm just glad I did not have to go through what you girls went through because you girls obviously went through it before I did. So mm-hmm. like, although I wanted to have them naturally, I also still had your stories in the back of my mind. So I wasn't stupid. Yeah. Like I knew mm-hmm. that like that could be very much a thing. And so mm-hmm. when he wasn't turning, like my acupuncturist was like, I can do things to make him turn. And my doctor was just like, you know, we can like wait a little. And I'm just like, just fucking take him out. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Let's just do this. I didn't, I didn't want to go through all of that. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I had that choice, I would have been like, yeah, it's just, I actually <laughs> yeah. thought, I actually, I was so scared because I just, I knew like I have this you strong did. intuition about like things that are going to happen. It's, it's very weird <laughs> sometimes, but I knew I was going to have issues. And so I even asked, um, I didn't mention in mine, but I had a, a doula that I was working with that had seen a lot of births and everything. And she had two natural and one C-section and she was just like, cause I was like, I, I kind of just want to request to have a C-section. And she's like, no, she's like, it, you know, my, my, my natural births were better and you should, you should push for that and, and try for that. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I did just kind of let things happen, but I just, I knew all along that it was going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, it's, I should have gone with my gut. Is like, you know, Sonia, you mentioned something about how C-sections are more like dangerous for the mm-hmm. woman. What's interesting is because like, I feel like I read some stuff like that too. But when I was talking to Adam's cousin, Abby, who used to mm-hmm. work in the, I forget what her title was, but she used to work um, in the um, emergency for like delivery and, mm-hmm. you know, unit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she's seen some shit. And when she found out that I had a scheduled C-section, she was like, you could just see like the look of relief over her face. Yeah. She's like, good. And she yeah. was saying that like a lot of the doctors that she worked with, like prefer that because yeah. it's safer because yeah. it's like with a C-section, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. There's you know more what time you're going in. There's more control over mm-hmm. it. There's, you know, everything that's going to happen with a delivery. It can go in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Is the baby mm-hmm. going to get stuck on her pelvic bone or is the right. heart rate going to drop? Is yeah. the mom, is mama going to be okay? Like, is this going to be too much stress? Like, yeah. is she going to dilate enough? Is she going to mm-hmm. shit on the nurse? Like did she Mexican? <laughs> and there's a big you difference know, like, between like, the baby's head. There's, a, there's a huge difference. <laughs> between an emergency c-section and a planned one because that's like a last resort at that point you've been through so much and your body's stressed the baby stresses everything is just not in a good place by the time you get there where like in jess's situation Mm. like you're feeling good you're going in 
you're, there's no stress. I mean, other than like the concern is what could, the, what right. could happen type of stress. Right. You're not but, having contractions um, when you get yeah. like two epidurals. Exactly. You know? You're not in pain yet. It's yeah. just, you yeah. know. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a much better process because I mm-hmm. have um, a friend that had had one emergency C-section and then the second one was a planned um, mm-hmm. and she, it was just so much easier for her. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm hoping that's my experience next time. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it will be because like we said, yeah. like once you have one C-section, they're usually like, you can all right, we'll it. just do it again. Yeah. Your doctor will be super happy to hear you say it probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that is pretty much what we have. Sonny, did you have any other thoughts, Tiffany, any added thoughts you wanted to add? Mm. No. Well, awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, I think that's all we have today. Be sure to tune in next week. Um, also follow, subscribe, rate and review, tell a friend. We need your support. We need all the support we can get. So we have more yes, please. followers please, please. Uh, for more info. You can check out our website at www.geriatricmamas.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at geriatric underscore mamas on Twitter at geriatric mamas and follow our group page on Facebook, geriatric mamas. If you have a topic idea you'd like us to discuss are interested in being a guest or simply have a funny geriatric story to tell, you can email us at geriatric at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.